Hey, happy Friday. Yeah, well, you get happy because it's Friday, man. Oh, I am happy. And I'm happy because tomorrow Lisa's taking me to Luca, which is a high-end Italian uh, restaurant in uh, Ah. uh, Superior Viaduct on the West Bank of the Flats. I can't wait because I have a birthday sometime within this month time frame. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, happy birthday to you. And uh, I just never want to pinpoint the birthday. I know. Because it's another valuable point. uh, It's another one of those. uh, Yeah. Those data points that they have. (laughs) And that's a big deal. I mean, you know, it used to feel like, oh, what's the big deal? Now uh, we understand it's a big deal. It's a big, big big deal. Yeah. Oh, welcome to Over 50, starting over, everyone. I'm Barry Edwards. And I'm Merle Garrison. Hey, hey, Barry, I've been hearing about this thing called a cold plunge lately. Oh, yeah. uh, It's been the rage for the last couple of years. I've heard of it, but, uh, you know. I was uh, I was with my CEO with Spoke and he's uh, he and I were talking and I was asking how you doing how you doing he says hey, I want to show you what I'm doing here and he and he shows me a video of himself getting into one of these cold plunge tubs they, mm-hmm. you can buy these now I mm-hmm. guess you put them in your basement or whatever and they they Couple get them bags down of to ice like, in a bathtub does the same thing by the way well they get it down to like 40 degrees mm-hmm. and the, the the whole thing is is that you're supposed to stay in there for about five minutes and so he you shows your way up to that that that's what I heard mm-hmm. and he said he worked his way up to that now he showed me a video of himself getting into this thing um and he he just gingerly put himself in 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 there and submerged himself in the water and i said did you just tell me that that water was 40 degrees he didn't even change expression yeah. and i said and he said yeah and i said how did you how did you just do that just get in there because my body rejects that and he said oh oh Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a group of friends that we decided to share videos and normally I would act like that, but I didn't want them to think I was wussing out on, <laughs> on this. So. Yeah. It's <laughs> been all the rage cool. the last couple of years. So apparently, and you know, Rogan's been doing it for a long time and he's got his is friends right? doing it. And huh. doctor, this is where the rubber meets the road though. Dr. Andrew Huberman of the Huberman lab podcast. He, uh, is a big proponent He's a neuro, he, he's a neuroscientist and he's jacked and he's a big health advocate and nutritionist. Wait, uh, you advocate. say jacked? What, what is, does that mean? He's excited or he's like pumped up or pumped what? up? He's yeah. built. He's oh, a okay. specimen. He's a specimen uh-huh. of a human being. Yeah. And he's and- brilliant. I just love that guy. Everybody respects him. His podcast only started a couple of years ago. It's huge. He's a big proponent and he talks about it from the neuroscience point of view. And apparently you get out of there and you're in do- uh, your dopamine is through the roof. Uh, Rogan says that he has the best day ever after getting out of there after a workout. Uh, I think he does before workouts, which I would find here's, here's the thing, dude. Now people even say, Hey, do it with a cold shower. I hate cold water. Oh, me too. I always have. I mean, I hate jumping in a swimming pool when it's cold. Uh, Lake Erie is always cold and never go in there because it's, you know, it's got to be 80 degrees before I go in there. And that's like one day in August, (laughs) you know? Okay. See, same with me. I, I can't stand it. I mean, I get in that water when it's cold. I'm like, ah, you know, and and it's, 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 I can't, it's hard to even force myself to dive into a a cold pool. And when I say cold, I'm talking, 
you know, like you're saying, anything below 80 degrees, mm -hmm. is, even 80 now, you mm -hmm. know, this summer, this past summer, um, my friends, Mike and Amy have a pool and they would invite us over. And at the beginning of the summer, it was like, I don't know, maybe 80 in the pool. And I was kind of chilly in there. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. uh, but by the end of the summer, it was up to 99 degrees in that pool. And I gotta tell you, I didn't think I would like that, but I did. Oh, did and, you? Yeah. I thought and, it would be like, yeah. No, okay. because it was still hotter outside. And because this is like I was thinking body temperature. You're talking one degree warmer than your own body temperature. Well, so here's I thought the deal. that would not be good. I thought so too, but it was actually it was really wonderful, especially if you're just standing around because your body is kind of wet and the mm -hmm. air is cooling your body. And also they they have shade over the pool too. So that makes a big difference. But I thought, man, jumping in a 40 degree pool uh or tub of water would be very, very challenging for me. Agreed. I, and I've been thinking that it's, I'm hoping that it's one of those fads that the scientists, all this, it's like egg yolks. One year they're good for you. The next year they're bad for you. Or the milk. Next, yeah. Milk, coffee, right? all the same, it, you know, just pick a year. It's that studies are going to be different. And I'm hoping to God that, oh no, cold plunges. That's actually bad for your heart. You shouldn't well, do that. Well, that's it's interesting you say that because I, I looked it up. Because uh, it wasn't just uh, Vince Kelly that's my CEO at at Spoke, and and he is a uh, he's a specimen. Mm. I mean, he's he's retirement age, and uh, he's built. He he cycles all the time, like hundred mile bicycle rides, and he lifts weights, and he's you know he reads like a hundred books a year, and he's just one of those guys. And he was he was telling me about these benefits, and they seemed like uh, this can't be real. But anyhow, I looked it up, and I'm just gonna read a list. Of, mm -hmm. of benefits here. I don't want to hear it. Uh, reduced inflammation, huge. Endorphins boost. You mentioned. I got to tell you, uh, reduced inflammation is very huge. That, uh, I mean, like, seriously. I, I forgot about that. Yeah. As we get older, uh, this is all of these things. Uh, cold water immersion may have anti inflammatory effects due to the visco. I shouldn't have even tried to do that. Viscoconstriction and vasodilation of your blood vessels. As blood vessels constrict and dilate, the flushing of toxins and edema can help reduce inflammation in muscles and tissues. Athletes often turn to cold plunge therapy to expedite muscle recovery. Okay, moving on. Endorphin boost, dopamine yeah, spike, mm -hmm. better sleep, reduced stress stress diminished aches and pains improved injury recovery reduced swelling potential testosterone increase what mm. seems like it would be the opposite mm. um <laughs> it, uh, they said you know take a cold shower well that's just supercharging a guy in there probably, ah. according to this yeah uh, promotes lymphatic drainage uh and, and enhanced immune function hormone regulation, only two more, metabolism boost, and improved insulin sensitivity. Wow, um, Merle. That, that is, Apparently, that, we should start doing that. Well, I was over at my friend Mike and Amy's house, and we were talking about this last night, and he's like, well, uh, we should do this. I got a pool. It's almost 40 degrees in that pool right now because it's <laughs> cold here. And he goes, you want to do it tomorrow? And I said, yeah, let me think about that. <laughs> Well, again, you should start off with like 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, that's what Vince told me is that you got to work up to this. Yeah. But he told me that after he started doing this, he just was having these fantastic days. Lots of Everyone energy. Everyone says that. Very clear. It, 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 
one of the things he said to me that wasn't in this list was that something like an 80 to 90% reduction in the potential of, of uh, Alzheimer's. And so like wow. that, there's a huge uh, a reduction in there. However, as I was looking at this, I, I got a uh, chat, chat uh, uh, warning on this because uh, now when you go on, uh, I guess, Google, uh, you get you get that too. Mm. But it says here, um, you know, some of the benefits may include easing sore muscles, reducing inflammation, boosting mood, enhancing recovery after exercise. However, the evidence for cold plunge therapy is not conclusive and there may be some risks involved such as hypothermia, shock, or infection. Therefore, it's important infection. to consult your doctor before trying cold plunge therapy. You, nah. know, you know, I never thought about the hypothermia aspect. Yeah, right? That like I, That was the, the first thing I thought of was, uh, you know, uh, if somebody was, uh, we were talking about, I was at a party last night and somebody said, yeah, so what are you telling me? The guys that were, that uh, fell into the water and the Titanic felt good for the first five or 10 minutes. <laughs> it's just like, I don't think so. Uh, okay. That's a weird comparison, but, uh, I mean, but it's ice cold water. I mean, mm. it's, uh, that's what they went into. So I've fallen into ice cold water and, and did not feel any kind of woohoo. Well, no, I was and, like, and Rogan, thank God I'm out of that. Rogan says he's basically addicted to it, but he doesn't enjoy it until he gets out. Well, yeah. Okay. I don't, I mean, I don't think that. anyone enjoys it until they and and then getting out just trying to warm up after that i can't i, I don't like to be cold to the bone i know it's a bad thing mm -hmm. Same. but but when you look at all these benefits like you said it's like maybe we should try this i know you first <laughs> I, mean. <laughs> I don't let's see uh we have a bathtub in lisa's bathroom um and that's it but I mean, you could start with a cold shower, dude. I hate being cold in the shower in the winter. I have a hard time getting out of the shower because as soon as I turn that water off, it's like, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> exactly. I don't well, like well, it. I, I remember uh, when I was a freshman in college, I was living in the dorms and those, those showers would never warm up. Yeah. So I, I had to uh, practice the art of cold showers. So, you know, you get in real quick, ah, and then you get out and you soap yourself up and then you jump in and go, ah, and then you come out and you're like, okay, done. See, you, you were practicing that 30 years ago. I guess so. <laughs> I sure didn't like it. And I, and I didn't feel energized afterwards when I went to my, I didn't feel any smarter when I went to my classes. <laughs> but, you know, speaking of that, Perry, I, I just, let's just take a trip. Uh, down memory lane okay. to to our college days because mm -hmm. I got up this morning, Barry, and I felt giddy. And oh. here's why: because I I knew I was going to be talking to you. And and every time we have our show, I feel that way. But this yeah. morning, I had so, a special thing happen. First off, I want to pull up uh, a picture that I that I took this morning. Okay. Oh, Can this is that? this morning. Yeah, oh, this how was beautiful. This is, Thank you for sharing. I this. mean, I mean, seriously, Barry, this is my backyard. This is what uh -huh. I w wake up to in the oh. morning. Now, look at this. You see this right here? It's a bird. That's a blue. It's a blue heron, right? There. Okay. And they're pretty spectacular birds, and they they only they're migratory birds, and they come by like only for about two months out of the year, and they sit around here. That's just one. While after I took this picture, I wish I would have 
kept it on video because right after I took this picture, these huge white egrets all came descending down. Egrets? We're all they're big white birds. They're huge. They have a wingspan of like uh, six feet. Uh, um, and they're 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 white, like like pure white. They're beautiful with real uh, long necks. They kind of look like storks. Uh, okay. That's what you would think they are. And they okay. all descended down right here uh, into the water. It mm. was it was spectacular. But anyhow, I was I was uh, getting ready. Well, now for that the show you mention it, dude, it looks like there's white birds in that in that lake in the background there could be i, I didn't see I'm, I'm not sure but that's where they all sit is over mm -hmm. here on the on the edge mm -hmm. and all around they just sit here and they're migratory too they're mm -hmm. they only show up uh end of december they they're out of here by the middle of next month who knows where they go you know like in the morning uh i i usually just see them sitting there in the morning and wonder where where did they come from and then at night as the sun is going down they all take off they circle around that lake and then they fly right over my house oh, and i always wonder cool. where, where are they going it's like where what's the next stop here like it's night time where are you guys going I, and, and i don't know if the next day it's the same birds there or if it's a whole group of new birds that just mm. came it's it's a really it's a really cool thing anyhow let me get back to my thing so i i'm getting ready i'm all like oh i'm late you know i trying to hurry up but then i saw this and i'm like you know what merle smell the roses mm -hmm. i mean this is mm -hmm. what life is really all look at look at the beautiful thing you have in your mm -hmm. backyard right here no and it's a I great way getting... to start the show and I started getting this Friday morning feeling and like, oh, I'm going to be talking to Barry. And I had oh, a flashback cool. to college uh, ah. when you and I lived together. Yeah, I used to on Friday morning, I used to have an 8 a.m. Uh, radio show that I would do until uh, 11 o'clock. And so I'd wake up real early and I'd feel real excited about the weekend and just, you know, and I love doing my radio show, too. And this is a lot like that. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, and then I'd come in, I'd do that show, and as soon as I was done, I didn't have any more classes on Friday. By noon, you and I would be out there on on yeah. uh, on Willow, I think it was, chucking the frisbee back and oh, forth to right. each other, thinking right. about like, what are we gonna do tonight, you yeah. know, and what yeah. are we gonna cook on that grill and yeah. all this stuff. Man, that was, we really did have a great time back we then. We did. We sure did. I sure do miss playing frisbee. I say to all the time, I would play today if somebody would play with me. I know, right? I feel yeah. the same way. Or like just I, you know, that that I had a football back there. No one will play catch with me. Oh, <laughs> just, I, I love throwing. I'm a like football. just throwing it to myself. You know, come on, somebody. Oh, I do that with a frisbee sometimes. But uh, <laughs> I I love tossing a football. That's fun. All right, uh, speaking of share down the street, man. I want to uh, do a share here, and this is regarding uh, the last podcast podcast last week uh with dr oh, yeah. heather brown I heard it, was, it was a good one it was really a fantastic one and as a matter of fact i think i recorded um i had a uh, mo uh merle's friend from new hampshire she reached out and uh she said i listened to your podcast this morning and this is one of your best and i said thank you mo that's uh really makes my day i'm assuming the latest with dr heather she says, yes, exclamation point three times. 
She was very genuine in how she spoke on a topic that can often sound very scripted and oversimplified. I totally know what she's talking about there. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. always appreciate people who suggest alter alternative ways to approach conversations with those that are most important to us. Thank you for hosting her discussion. Have an awesome week. I said, uh, thank you for the uh, valuable feedback, Mo. Yes, Dr. H has a way, uh, has all the lights on in everyone's home. And so I just want to say, I strongly encourage you guys to, uh, you could just go to over50startingover.com and find it there. Uh, by the time you get there, my, this podcast will be in its place, but you can go to all 050 podcasts. And by the way, it'll take a minute to load because there's 250 videos on that page. And Merle, I just wanted to say last week was 250. This is 251. Wow. wow. And I'm proud of that. That's quite I am a, too. A, I am an accomplishment. Too. And we've really done, I mean, for her to say that was one of the best podcasts is such a, such a huge compliment because we've done amazing podcasts. Yeah, since we really the very have. Beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so again, I want to encourage you guys to go and look her up. And by the way, yesterday, or maybe it was this morning, got an email from her. We were talking about her book there, by the way. So the first time she came on, dude, it was a year ago, a year and one month ago, because it was December of 2022. Your cousin yeah, just passed away. Yep, yep, and I you remember. couldn't do the show because you were just too distraught. And it was a very special show. It was. I came across her like it was a divine intervention. I'm not kidding. I mean, like it happened at a second and she's like, sure, I could do the show. And she came right on. We had an amazing podcast. It was dedicated to you. It was about you. It was about grief. And um, she specializes in both grief and primarily relationships. And so this one last week was about relationships. And she, it, it, like Mo said, she approaches things in a very impromptu, very genuine respect. I, I asked her, what's going on with my microphone? I'm getting... Oh, uh, you're back. You're back. This is getting irritating. Um, <laughs> I, I asked her very nuanced questions. I never follow a script. I want to, I want to really dig inside someone's head, you know? Right, right. And that's, I think that's key to a good interview. Uh, yeah, she, you can't trip her up. She's got a great answer for everything. Like she's just like, she just thought about it. Not that she just wrote about it, not that she just spoke about it, but it's like, she just thought about it, you know? And uh, so again, I encourage you guys to um, go Wait, look get at that, that picture up for a second, because I love the picture that uh, the, the, of you two in that shot uh, right there. I don't know if you randomly picked that or I not. I did but... not. Google did. Okay, because look at that. She's so expressive there on she the left. Truly is. And look, look at how introspective you are right there. That's a really cool picture. She's riveting, of you. man. And and yeah. by the way, uh, so it was a year since we had spoken, and it was like, and I said it on the podcast, it was like a week ago to me. I mean, we we just have she's a friend of the show. We talked about you. She was just she oh, give him all my love. She loves you. She's not even met you. She absolutely loves you. And uh, uh just a dear friend of the show and, and she's like talking to an old friend i can't wait to have her on again i do want to Sweet. mention this is her uh her web page drheatherbrown.com and you can get speaking with the heart her book that came out like this morning or yesterday you can get it wow from here from amazon wherever but i strongly encourage it and she's going to do an audio version soon too we talked about that Okay. That's pretty cool. I want to plug one more thing. This is coming up next week. 
uh, and uh, this is Mark Tennant, our friend Mark Tennant, who the last time he was on the show, he introduced us to Chet, Chet. GPT. Yeah. And it was an amazing show. Absolutely astounding. We both learned so much from that. We're going to do a follow-up on how to use uh, AI with your business. I, this He's doing a talk right now as we speak and mentor to this uh, Think Manufacturing uh, group. Mm -hmm. And I uh, just want to say Mark Tennant is currently at Philips as a service education, e-learning, and content developer. He combines his rich experience in technology with a passion for practical AI solutions with his venture AI for business. That's his mm. side business. Mark's journey in AI began with a curiosity for machine learning in 2015, leading him to explore how it can realistically benefit businesses, uh, uh, and especially for business owners and professionals over the age of 50. Mark and I did happy hour last night, and we talked all about this extensively, and we got him confirmed for next week. And it's going to blow your mind, Merle. It's going to blow my—he blew my mind last night about uh, how huh. he's using AI at a whole nother level yet again. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's going to talk about how you can—this uh, is just a little taste, but yeah, yeah. Uh, develop um, certain content, create uh, email campaigns and social media posts in an instant from that. So wow. it automates your business completely. Uh, it's, it's fascinating and, and scary how quickly this has taken over everything. I think that's a thing too. It's a, it's sort of astounding. It's, a, you know, it's sort of a runaway freight train. It's taken on its own volition. Right. Mm -hmm. And then where does it end? You know, I'm in healthcare and AI is inundating healthcare right yeah. now, which I can see lots and lots of benefits for AI and healthcare, but I can also see where there could be some scary things uh, with AI as well. And, you know, one little mistake that gets amplified uh, because that's how healthcare works is that one thing can always be amplified to become a, a, a terrible thing yeah. depending on how it's used. So um, I know that's what AI is supposed to prevent. So that's the good thing. And you look at healthcare today and everyone is overworked. You know, nurses today are being interrupted um, on average every five minutes. So try to do a very complex job where you have to have uh, very alert thinking and then, you, but you're getting interrupted every five minutes. I, I have that just you know, when I'm sitting at my desk and I'm working on something and I get a text or something and yeah. over here and then I'm, oh, what was I doing? The well, these emails. people have lives on the line with that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And uh, if you drop the ball once, you know, somebody could pass away. So this is something AI can definitely help with. Let's see what happens. I guess well, that's where, I, where we are. That right is now. one industry where I can only see massive benefit, to be quite honest, because uh, I've used chat GPT to help my mom um, create a new diet because she has a, a kidney disease and, and it's a very particular one. And, and it's also so we typed in what is would be a good diet for this because she was given this vague outline from the from the doctor's office. So, you know, the Xerox can BS and in no way tailored to her. So we went on chat together. This is a couple months ago and and typed this in. Now, understand that it has access to all the major medical journals. So it's like having uh, a giant room full of the smartest doctors in the world at your disposal. 
but they all agree <laughs> on things, which would never happen in real life. Uh, so we typed in her, her condition and asked it for a weekly uh, diet and, and break it down into the days. Then I said, but I'm a female 82 years old. Then it changed everything to right, right. compensate for that. Then I put in her potassium level, her exact potassium level, because that's supposed to, supposedly like the, the key thing with this condition totally changed that diet. So it optimized this diet. Then I had it uh, produce a list of groceries for the week for that. And well, that's pretty cool. I mean, you can't cool. deny how, convenient how beneficial that is like i said in healthcare i think this is a big winner my yeah. only concern is this is that and and you actually touched on one of my concerns is the how i'm learning that chat can be biased mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that um it is accessing all these medical journals and what i've seen in healthcare through the medical journals especially over the last 3 years is that they're not necessarily it seems like they've been corrupted okay through the whole covid thing very much they so. started to say things that just weren't true um there's this big debate it hallucinates about, too they call it hallucinating and there's this big debate about natural immunity versus immunity mm -hmm. caused mm -hmm. through vaccinations and and there's this bias in the medical community that vaccinations actually cause a higher level of immunity with, where they never said that before. It was always your natural immunity is the strongest. So, so I'm, now I'm in complete agreement with you. If you get yeah, on anything that touches along political lines, yes, you're, you're going to find a bias. And that's yeah. my concern because those, the bias, the bias comes directly from people that have control over mechanisms you can, like that. Though, you can make it think through that. Believe it or not, you I'm can not make saying it that think through it. I'm not saying that I'm totally against this. What I'm saying mm -hmm. is there's inherently there's some huge risks here. There are and, as we uh, move forward for sure. And and this, this is the thing is uh, do you do you trust your doctor or you, do you trust the computer or do you trust the doctor using the computer? I, I mean, let's just say this. Now that's healthcare a big has issue. changed dramatically. And um, it used to be where yes, doctors uh, had independent practices and, you know, Obama they, they were on their care own. Of that. Yeah. Now all of them work for hospitals that are mm -hmm. financed by the federal government. Mm -hmm. And therefore the federal, the government politics has a big play in healthcare. This is why I didn't want to have the Obamacare in the first place. Right. Uh, right. Because politics is a dirty, dirty business, as we've seen. And why do we want that in healthcare? And no, no, I, I agree. Now, there's a, a saying, I forget exactly how, how it goes, but this is the gist of it, is that you have to take your own health into your hands when it comes that to healthcare. And yes. Lisa is all about that. Like, I am such a agreeable type of personality. That's a psychological term, actually. And um and so I tend to go along and play nice and all that. Lisa goes in, grabs the bull by the horns she, and doesn't let go. And I mean, <laughs> coming to healthcare, coming to anything. And that's, and it's said today, you have to do that. You have to press those doctors for that extra uh, blood uh, analysis for, for whatever and everything. And the same goes for uh, the chat. 
there, this is funny. This is like dichotomy that is coming about is the more automated we get, the more uh, government takes over, is trying to take over our lives, the more AI is trying to take over our lives, the more we also have to be autonomous and, and have self-accountability. -account In other words, as you're talking about, don't believe chat when it's got these biases baked into it. Correct. You have to understand that you have to challenge it. Here's one that'll blow your mind. Mark was telling me last night, he goes, he goes you know, the chat can generate pictures, right? And I'm like, well, I didn't think chat could, but I knew that uh, AI journey and all these other things could. He goes, no, right from chat, you can have it generate pictures. He goes, I do it. Well, it came to me, he goes, yesterday, I asked it to generate something, it told me it couldn't. It, it replied to me, it said, I, I, I'm sorry, I do not generate pictures, I only give uh, written feedback. <clears throat> Mark says to it, no, you just generated a picture for me yesterday, look it up. And it says back, I'm sorry, yes, I can do that. What is the picture? That's that, crazy. Wow. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. So that's that's the kind of thing that we're dealing with here. It's mind blowing. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that we almost in some ways have more accountability than ever because we have these powerful tools at our hands and you have powerful tools have to be used responsibly. So that's my that's my point to that. Well, you know, it's interesting as you're saying that because my daughter, Hallie, put something on Facebook just recently. Uh, she says, to my fellow Adobe app using using artist friends, uh, and then this person is saying, Adobe wants to take your work without your consent. They just snuck this toggle into everyone's account setting and set wow. it to on by default. And then she said, this shouldn't be, well, she put some terrible words in there. Uh, <laughs> this shouldn't be happening. That's not, my daughter didn't say that. This other uh, person said that. But uh, but here's what it says. Um, okay, there's a content analysis here. So uh, Adobe may analyze your content using techniques such as machine learning uh, or uh, pattern recognition for development and improve our products and services so you put stuff on this and so this is kind of the same concept you put you're an artist you put your your you know intellectual portfolio. property on these mm -hmm. right i mean because portfolio is online yeah. that is your intellectual property right yes. there that yes. is your creation and they can steal that legally and and here they just update your program and just turn it on and just suck all your ip legally without even telling you or just how nefarious is that i well, just it, that this is where we a, are a huge philosophical discussion because what it's technically doing is taking parts of your artwork yeah, and putting yeah. it together with other parts of other artwork and to it's kind of like better. at what point are you plagiarizing mm -hmm. as a human being because you didn't have every original thought you had no original thoughts every right. thought that you have every piece of knowledge you have was learned from someone else right and so at what point are you plagiarizing well you know i think plagiarism is a is a pretty important subject right now as we take I think a look we at should consult dr gay uh from <laughs> yeah Harvard. right claudine the gay. expert yeah i mean yeah. you know when you really think about that you know claudine gay the ex-president of harvard also yeah. uh still on staff at harvard i you knew that, that right oh no. okay so here's the deal <laughs> is she 
So she resigns as the president, but she stays on faculty and she may have actually gotten a raise. She was making $900,000 a year, Barry. You gotta be kidding me. No, I'm not kidding. This is where DEI has gotten us. And I can, I could cite other very well-known examples. I'm not going to though. So here, here it is, is that she's, she now has a less stressful job for the same or more money. That's all we accomplished right there. I, I would say that the the bad guys won on that one. Yeah, I don't. I'm that gets me so angry. And I'm just going to say, I think it was our last episode that we talked about uh, the awakening from woke and yes. really hoping that that incident in particular was a catalyst to get us uh, to to DEI is. I remember. Damn, my microphone's doing. There something. you go. You're good. All right. This is. I think it's yet again a cord issue. Um, and they're kind of expensive. They Anyways, I, I was hoping that her case in particular would be the catalyst in 2024 to shed light on the failure that is DEI. And I don't remember the guy's name, but there's one key originator of DEI. And first of all, I want to credit Obama for his executive order in 2011 with beginning this stuff at the uh, federal level. But the, one of the originators of DEI uh, has admitted that studies show that it's uh, nope, it does not work. It goes in reverse. It does more harm than good. Well, Larry Fink over at I mean, Black common Rock. Common sense should. Yeah, I agree. Larry Fink over at BlackRock, the CEO of BlackRock, is saying that that mm. it was a big mistake and that that's it, who's okay. Yeah, and he's the one that's implemented it. I mean, think uh, about it. BlackRock, uh-huh. State Street, and Vanguard mm-hmm. are the ones that actually forced Push that it. policy down the throats of our leading businesses here in the United States. And you take a look at the example of Budweiser and how they lost literally billions of dollars. Yeah, uh, Gillette a did very, like five very years short ago. period of time. And uh-huh. so now he's got to backtrack and say it was a bad idea. However, he's not backing off of that, Barry. This is all rhetoric that's happening right now. They love this plan, and they 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 apparently are not interested very much in the profits. They seem to be hell bent on destroying our businesses here. Uh-huh. I mean, like when you Disney. Take a look at what the what's happening. Inter- yeah, look at what's happening with Disney. I mean, seriously. Uh-huh. Uh, and and so this is. This is a thing. They, they'll just inter- reintroduce it and name it something different. This is how they do it. This is this is a common thing. It goes back centuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you don't like that? Well, okay, we're going to get rid of it. And now we're going to just put a few other letters in front of it and make it seem like it. No, it's not, it's not plagiarism. It's plagiarism now. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like, um, and it's the same thing with the vaccination. It's like, well, now you're immune. Well, you don't, it's, you know, the vaccination makes it harder for you to get it. You know, it's, it's like, they got to change the definition of immunity now. I mean, this is just how the world that we live in, we live in a dystopian world right now. And and now we have to understand how to navigate these waters of the dystopian world. Well, okay. I'm going to show you something. I just looked it up on YouTube five years ago. Gillette came out with the toxic masculinity commercial. This is mind blowing. I'm going to preface it with Gillette makes razors for men. That's their target (laughs) audience. Watch this. I got to make sure I share sound. I did not. Oh, good catch. Yes. This is the Me Too movement against sexual harassment. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? 
Now it's a minute and a half, so it's a little. We can't hide. Just a total diss on men. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? What I just how terrible we are, and we can't be the same old excuses. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. Boys will be boys. But something finally changed. Allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment. I'm gonna move ahead a little bit. Yo, men, and small. I am strong. All right, that's so slow. I can't take it anymore. But the 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 moral to the story is they lost billions. They lost billions on that. Five years, there's and and through five years, all these other look at Disney. Disney's like tanked as a result of their their wokeness and all of Hollywood, and they still keep pushing out these woke movies that bomb and never learn. Rotten Tomatoes. This is I think we talked about it in the last episode, but I thought so much about this. You know, to to make a movie, you have to have investors and you have to have producers, and all of these people in Hollywood have to virtue signal their wokeness first and foremost to get financing to make a crappy movie that critics, in order to have a career, have to propagate the same wokeness. Then it finally hits the audience, and we're like, this sucks. This absolutely stinks and it fails. And yet they keep doing it. What a vicious cycle it is. I I, I just have to say, I never seen that commercial before. That was the first time I've seen that. And mm. I I'm, I'm, in, I'm still in shock and I'm, yeah. I'm angered by that. I, yeah. I can't even believe that they use the profits that they made off of men to disparage yeah. men. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. And, and they, they lost deserved, billions. They deserved what they got out so of that. Bud Light. In fact, I, I use the the Mach 3 Gillette razor and, and it is really good. But <laughs> if I can find an alternative, I will now. <laughs> you, I, mean, I mean, that just, are you kidding me? As much money as I've spent on those mm -hmm. darn razors and you're going to mm -hmm. say that, that's, right. that's how you're going to come in and help society right. by disparaging all men. This is, this is, I mean, remember the war on women? Uh, there is a war on men and men. Oh, sure there is. And it is it is sick. And we can see what's happened as a result. Our cities are inflamed with violence. Mm. And that is because we live now in a maternal society. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. When you take a look at the uh, the black community in general, we've talked about this uh, many times that before the civil rights movement, about 80 percent of black families had a mother and a father mm -hmm. with the kids. Today, after civil rights, where the government now replaces the father in the home, mm -hmm. uh, those numbers are reversed. Uh, about 80% of black children coming up today are coming up in a single uh, parent household, mostly yeah. their mothers. And then you take a look at these inner city statistics where black on black crime, it's black men killing other black men. Mm -hmm. the number mm -hmm. one leading cause for young black men. Uh, of death is murder by another black man. Mm -hmm. And so we, we've got a serious problem. We've got a cultural problem here that just doesn't seem to, it doesn't seem like anybody has the guts mm -hmm. to step out and, and, and really take this bull by the mm -hmm. horns, because mm -hmm. this is, if we really care about black lives then we should look at where the black lives are being extinguished mm -hmm. and this is this is where it's happening and we've got to stop this and while we're at it let's stop lowering the bar for black men yeah or, or black people in general let's mm -hmm. not give black people a pass when it comes to 
let's say passing the bar exam if you want to mm -hmm. be a lawyer why would i want to have a black lawyer if mm -hmm. they didn't have to attain the same levels of of success in school as a white lawyer i'll pick a white lawyer every day uh, mm -hmm. if that's the case mm -hmm. or how about a black doctor versus a white doctor are we going to do the same with that kind of thing mm -hmm. we've seen this kind of thing before and it destroys the society and that seems to be you know where we're headed and so i have a question for you barry mm -hmm. how is it that in this time, I mean, as we take a look at our country right now, I've never, I never thought I would see our country in the shape that it's in right now. Oh, I, I, mean, I, I feel have so. a, We have an invasion that's happening at the southern border right mm -hmm. now. The uh, it's invasion. very, very dangerous. Uh, we, our money is flying out of our coffers to countries like Ukraine. We're bombing uh, the Houthis in the uh, in in, in uh, the Red Sea right now. Um, that are attacking other countries, not necessarily ours. Uh, are we the policemen of the of the world right now? Uh, you know, we have people in in Davos last week talking about basically how they're going to take over the world. How is it that you can maintain? Can you? How do you maintain happiness uh, personally in an environment like this? How do you? How do you keep yourself upbeat? Wow, that's a tough one. There's a lot of things, that, a lot of replies that I had to everything that you said. Uh, I'll get to that. I want to say um, about the bombings, it was like yesterday. I was listening to a podcast. I don't remember which one, but it, it was the, probably Dave Smith, probably, um, that we actually bombed last week five different countries, the United States. And wow. it's unprecedented. This is during the Biden administration. Remember, Trump was supposed to get us into World War Three. Yes, yes. <laughs> why? Why is it that everything that they say is always the opposite? I mean, you almost have that as your blueprint, right? Like, yeah, whatever these people say, just believe the opposite because exactly. it's true. Like when they say if they're calling you a racist, they're being racist at that very moment. That's right. In time. Or, or yeah. when they the whole January sixth thing has me going because they're talking about uh, an insurrection, but. I've never seen where the inaugural address had a big fence around the Capitol and no press was allowed in there. That right. seems like an insurrection to me. Right. I, I mean, and I've seen films and I've read books about insurrections. Um, they don't happen like what we saw on January 6th. There's lots of weapons. There's lots of death. There's lots of blood. And basically they, they're, they, they're trying to take over the, the government and, and for in perpetuity. I, right. I didn't see anybody trying to do that. So when they say it's an insurrection or President Trump is guilty of leading an insurrection, it makes me think the people that are saying that are the ones guilty of leading an insurrection. I totally it, agree it, with you. They, they, I mean, and look what they're doing. I, I'm, I'm telling you, Barry, uh, I, I want to get back to this question. And then after that, I want to talk about what's happening at our border, because what I see happening in Texas tells me that we could be on the border of a civil war. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I did what you, you unpacked a lot there a couple of minutes ago. I wanted to just mention one other thing about, you said about Davos. Uh, I, I, I'm going to share this. I want to talk about those things individually, but I wanted to talk about how do we, how do we maintain our happiness, happiness when, when these things are happening and, and I thought it was interesting to ask you how you do that. And mm. uh, and I have some ways that I do well, that myself. You know, that's kind of interesting. Uh, Dr. Heather and I talked a bit about the happiness concept. She had uh, a really good, I'm on her email list 
she sends out one or two emails a week that are really, I plugged it on the podcast because they're very digestible and some really hit home. So like I could start a day just in three minutes reading it and be like, damn, that was good. And she talked about the happiness concept a couple of weeks ago and about like, uh, all I want to be is happy. Why can't I just be happy? just be happy like who the hell is just happy um it's it's life is hard and i i think that you get a degree of happiness through um completion of some things uh achievements um i i'm not even sure what but maybe that's a degree of satisfaction i think that to even define happiness is very very difficult you're you're touching on something good because is happiness lack of sadness or lack of trouble or lack of obstacles i i don't know if it is i i I, I think it's the opposite yeah because it's overcoming these things yeah i think being able to deal with them now think about and we talk about working out and how it's the resistance that actually causes you to grow there you go and here in life resistance is what causes you to grow and so you know it it do you do you relish having a, a tough day at work or like i'm a salesperson having a a tough sale that i'm t- i'm going through well no however when i cross that goal line and i've i've made that customer happy and and they sign on the the dotted line um you know then then there's success. a happiness yeah that success thing that glory part uh, there's no it's like they say nothing's worthwhile that's easy and so sounds like we came full circle back to the cold plunge (laughs) (laughs) just jump in that cold water (laughs) yeah apparently it sucks the whole time that you're in it but when you get out then you get out or uh you know the bible talks about um uh, a woman uh experiencing birth pangs and uh, and and that being just terrible, but as soon as the baby is born, she forgets about that because mm. of the joy of the the baby in front of her mm. uh, that she has. Yeah. Uh, and well, that's I mean, a good and we, analogy. We, we can always we can relate to these things. I remember running track and all the practices and getting throwing up because I. I worked out too hard, but then breaking the string and winning the race with my parents there. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these are things that, yeah, throwing up wasn't fun, but winning that race made it all worth it, you know? And so this is, this is, these are things that, so back to the happiness thing is you're right. It is kind of hard to define uh-huh. what happiness uh-huh. is. Yeah. Do you think that because we have challenges in life that there's power in just saying that you're happy? Uh, that even just saying it can cause happiness to happen. Now I can only answer that in one way. You would say yes, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because you and I have had this conversation for years, decades even, and you believe so strongly in the power of the spoken word. And I'd have to say, uh, anytime anybody would ask me something like that, I would say, well, my friend Merle would say, I'd have to, I would have to just, give that over to you because you have spoken so strongly uh, in that regard for so long that I believe it through you. Wow. I'm flattered by that, Barry. That's, that is a huge compliment right there. Well, I have had a lot of coaches, my stepfather being one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, And, and I remember when he first got married to my mom, he's how long ago is that now? It's it's been like a hundred years. I mean, seriously, they've been married for, like 26 27 years something like that it's really really wow. kind of crazy to think about because wow. it still seems like yesterday but 
I remember uh, getting around Larry and I would say something like, man, that thing is killing me. And he'd go, is that what you want? You know, he's got that Southern accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Goes, <laughs> <laughs> but after a while, I'd get real angry. Like, yeah. but I wouldn't say anything because I knew he was right. Uh, yeah. you know, but that whole exercise, because he was relentless on that, mm-hmm. really caused me to think about what I what was coming out of my mouth, you know, yeah. and, and uh, I have to say that I do believe that you know, the spoken word, when we hear people speak and we absorb what they're saying, it it, it changes our physiology. Sometimes mm-hmm. I've experienced this, but I, I understand that my own voice speaking those same words means something entirely more meaningful to my subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing, this art of meditation, uh, we've talked about meditation quite a bit on the show, but Bible meditation is uh, actually muttering something over and over to yourself. Like you take a scripture and you're saying it to yourself. And and as you're saying it, you're picturing it in your mind and you're seeing it and you're applying it to your life. That's, that's, and you're, but the important part is that you're saying it out of your mouth. And I do believe that that increases our belief level in things and the visualization process causes you to be able to see it before it happens and there's some kind of power in that whole thing, Barry. Hmm. Um, visualization I, I, is what you mean. Med- it's, it's not just the meditation. It's also, um, like I said, as you're muttering it, you're seeing it. You're seeing the the results in your head. You're it's visualization. You're, you're, sure. you're living it as mm-hmm. you're saying it. That's so the I, secret. I, and and it's it's biblically based. This I, is I, I this think is it's stronger based. if if you can do it through faith. I think I, I agree. I, agree. I think it's much stronger because faith gives you a power outside of yourself. And we, however, when we're I would alone, say, we're limited. Yeah. I yeah. would say that uh, this is like a physical, like uh, uh, a physics kind of thing, uh, like, like gravity. These mm-hmm. are kind of the rules of the universe. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so this That's is how it's talked about. This is, this is one of them right here. And, and it, it is said in Wayne Dyer, talked a lot about this um god rest his soul what a loss it was uh losing him but um he talked he was one of the advocates of one of the participators in the secret and he talked well beyond that and he would say that you know the universe works on vibrational frequencies and if you could put yourself in that state of you do own this you do have this you have achieved this to the point where you visualize it and you feel it and you are living it then the universe must comply that's what he would say you know i mean there's power in this barry i mean and i and as a christian i recognize that you don't have to be a christian to experience this because again it's like you don't but i think it helps i think it does too but i i have an example of when I used to run track back to the track thing again, mm-hmm. I, I remember I, you know, freshman and sophomore year, I, I wasn't winning any of these races that I was running and I really wanted to win. And, um, and, and I remember it, I would think about the race all day before, cause I'd be all jacked up inside and everything and feeling nervous about it was right before that gun went off. And my heart was about to explode, you know? Uh, but I started visualizing myself breaking that string yeah. And I, there was power in that. And I started yeah. winning races. I, I, I remember f- I could feel the string breaking and then suddenly I was 
I was the one doing that. Mm. And mm. Um, that and is exactly like the uh, that that track, that world class track guy in the 40s. I think it was, you know, his name. We've talked about it before. I never remember his name, but there was the I don't know, the seven minute mile or something the four like that mile. Yeah, he broke the four minute mile. Yes. What was his name? I forgot his name. Actually. Oh, okay. But once he did, it was like it couldn't be done. Everyone believed it couldn't be done. And and I Physically think it shapes, shapes right. the universe in that way. And yeah. somehow this guy broke it. Now everybody started breaking now, it. Now, and it's no big deal now, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like they're getting, you know, 340 something now. So, Jeez. I mean, it's 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 crazy. I used to run that, that mile crazy. myself. And I, I mean, it is grueling, that race. And but it's all about believability and mm -hmm. and that's a, that is faith um believing in something that you can't not faith in god but faith in general uh is a substance and uh believing something you can't see is is, is really uh the thing so i think my mic went out again yeah. there you go you're back uh, you hear me yep okay now i hear you again it's it's really going wacko um yeah. So I'm sorry. What was the last thing that you said? Um, I was just tying off on that whole thing that, that just the the power of, of believability, which is faith, is what caused all those people to yeah. want. Now, once that one guy broke the four minute mm -hmm. mile, now they could all believe in it. And right. and they were able to break the, the, the barrier as well. OK, I want to shift gears. Almost, uh, almost makes you believe anything's possible if you well can that's kind of the moral to the story yes and the power of visual visualization hope you know what that is that's about hope it gives you hope that there's always yeah. hope and man without hope that you we're talking about happiness i i think hope is a big part of happiness just knowing uh, believing that there can be something better than what you even currently have I even totally if what agree. you have is really good yeah i totally agree it's you know, I think that back to how do we how do we have happiness uh, in this time? Well, hope is a, a big it's area. It's everything. It's and everything. If you go back to what you said, having faith in God, um, mm -hmm. you know, my, that's where I find my hope. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's and, and having that hope uh, gives me that energy and that that ability to rise above these situations that are happening in the news all around and um and and enjoy what i have right here in front of me like waking up this morning and looking outside and seeing that beautiful sight and just feeling yeah. giddy that i get to talk to to my best friend on a podcast yeah and, uh totally totally agree with you getting to bigger picture on things and talking about hope you want to stamp out hope real quickly let the government <laughs> yeah let the government run your life. Uh, there seems Amen. to be a very, very, this isn't BS, man. This is, I'm not saying this, taking this lightly. There seems to be a very concerted worldwide effort to turn the entire world and especially this country into North Korea and to have absolute control over the, the common people. Take a look at California. Did you see the caves that they uncovered where the homeless are living? No, no, it's like yesterday. Uh, yeah, it's oh all over God. the news. And oh. and I wrote comments to that. It's like keep electing Newsom, and you because the whole you better dig a lot more caves for the rest of the middle class if you keep electing mm. Newsom. Mm. And that's what's going on in California. They're destroying the middle class so that the super rich can uh, tax the hell out of all of us, and we could live like paupers. And it's it's going to be the bourgeoisie and the proletariat's again, and. Um, 
And uh, oh, so I did want to mention this, uh, just a quick share. So I think it was last time you and I talked, we, I, I brought up uh, Argentina elected the first uh, libertarian. And it's this guy, Javier. Love that guy. Javier I Millet. love this guy. But on the other hand, okay, now there's cool stuff to talk about there. But I got to warn you guys, if you're like, okay, who's this Javier Millet guy? You Google him and this guy, he looks like your classic libertarian, like a freaking crackpot. Um, <laughs> he's got a bimbo looking wife. Uh, they look weird as hell. And that's what the libertarian party has always been so hard for me to take seriously because of that. Do you remember Gary Johnson in the 2016 election? Yes. What a dope. Yeah. He made it. Yeah, I, yeah I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I love, I personally just find my my beliefs to be pretty much aligned with the Libertarian Party, which is why I, I always that. bring yep. up D Dave Smith. He's a huge Libertarian uh, advocate, and he's freaking genius on uh, what he speaks about, too. I love his podcast. Anyways, so Javier Malay, for some reason, <laughs> was invited for Davos for the first and last time. They're, yeah, why do they invite? I I was they invited the, the they didn't know who they were head of the with, Heritage so. Foundation as well, and he ripped them a new one too out there, and I've uh -huh. never seen that before. And you're never going to see it again because he's not going to be invited into these circles ever again. They wanted to recruit him into, uh, you know, what do you want to say that into? You would call it the cabal, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, this guy spoke out for a half hour and supposedly <clears throat> I know where I heard this. It was on Jordan Peterson's podcast. His daughter, Michaela, was talking about him and she said that uh, there is an AI translated version on YouTube. I tried to find it. I couldn't. So if you want to watch his speech and he ripped the uh, the WEF, the World Economic Forum, a new one. He really did. He he just uh, talked about uh, how they were destroying the world, that they're trying to control everything. And socialism is evil, has never worked and never will. And uh, I, I just got to say, he's my new hero. Uh, hardly ever heard of Argentina before him. And uh, he, he, he's the one I mentioned on the last podcast that he told them he got elected because they were so out of hope in Argentina. They just drilled their country so into the ground. And he said, it's going to be three tough years bringing this back. He just told well, them. It, and it is going to be, and it, it takes a bulldog like this guy to make that happen. And if you look at the history of the last, oh, I don't know, 70 years of Argentina, mm -hmm. corruption, 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 all those Nazis uh, that got away from uh, uh, Germany after World War II, that's where they went. Uh, remember that, uh, a play Evita, don't cry, cry for me, Argentina. Uh, that was the uh, what was that name? Corone, um, Eva Corone. Anyway, uh, th they were a crime syndicate that ran Argentina down there, and this has been an ongoing situation in Argentina ever since. So, mm -hmm. this guy's got a big uphill battle, but the yeah. people of Argentina have realized what, what they need, and good luck to that guy. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is a. But this dude, is it a, could be such a case study for the rest of the world. It, it really could be, and it's, for it, us, it, it felt good heading. to see somebody stand up to these mm -hmm. to the World Economic Forum, and and as you say, uh, yes, I call them the cabal or the Illuminati or the mm -hmm. One World Government or uh, uh, the Satanists that are trying uh, to crush all the things that are good in life, and that right. is what they're trying to do. And so I, thank I wanted, God somebody has the backbone to stand up to this tyranny. 
I, and I want to continue. Fascism on. is what they're. Well, let me just say this. Mm-hmm. Um, when you take a look at the World Economic Forum and just go to their web page and look at what their mission is, mm. their mission is to take public companies <clears throat> and use public companies to influence uh, 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 government entities and, uh, and then uh, create policy. Mm-hmm. That's the definition mm-hmm. of fascism. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what fascism is. And it, so it, they are the purveyors of worldwide fascism is what they are. They certainly are. And uh, I, I want to continue uh, along with that and give some support to to what exactly that, the fascism uh, movement that's going across the world. This uh, podcast, Jordan Peterson seems to have put out three podcasts in the last three days. And so this is about three days ago. It, I wish it had some breathing room because I think this was an amazing, important podcast. It was episode 416. And you can see the screen, correct? Yes, I can. Okay. So do you want to take a, Okay. So this is the revolution of German farmers uh. with Eva Vladenbrook. Uh, whatever <laughs> is her last okay uh i gotta tell you this is an amazing podcast that everyone should listen to because they're talking about the the rapid fall of germany after you know countries like the united states we had a, about a 20-year span of greatness roughly from 1950 to 1970 and we thought that we were just the, the Roman Empire uh, that was going to be around for thousands of years. And we're already taking a rapid descent, just like Germany is, is here. And I don't think anyone knows it. And um, because we don't get it in our news, we don't get That's anything right. worldwide yeah. worth a damn. Um, and this girl, Eva, whatever her name is, is 28 years old. 28. She's brilliant this is a fascinating uh so where are you ava and what are you doing i'm in berlin right now in germany and i've been uh, on the road here in uh, in germany all over the country for the past seven days because for the past seven days uh, the country has witnessed some of the largest farmers protests that germany has ever seen and this um is, this this. fascinating all these yeah. truckers and farmers got together and held this mass protest. This is beyond what went on in Canada. You remember when Trudeau froze everyone's bank accounts yes, because they're politically against yes. him? Yeah, well, that's there's a parallel here. Yeah, so, big time. Yeah, the government uh, in Germany is taxing the crap out of farmers in an unprecedented rate. They're making them not use 4% of their land. I don't know what that's about, but I'm telling you, everything is pointing to, in my opinion, this sounds like uh, Stalin, Ru- Stalin's Russia. Back yes, it when does. he, yeah, when uh, they took over the, they did all communist movement, took, took over a- all of these so-called wealthy farmers' land. The kulats, yeah, that's what they made- called them was kulats, and um, they were able to demonize these people mm-hmm. to incite the the citizenry to go out and kill these landowners and mm-hmm. and then they turned these things into uh co-ops and that the government ran and they and and millions and millions of people starved to death that's that's There's the cannibalism outcome. they would make them farm their food under guard and not let them eat a single bite so we've seen the same thing in uh uh in holland 
mm-hmm. where they screwed up their economy there and their farming. Today in France, protests are happening in uh, Paris right now where farmers are. I don't know if you saw this this week, Barry, but they've got a manure machine that they're spraying government buildings. They're spraying them down with cow manure. Awesome. Uh, they also had uh, military people come out to try to stop them, and they sprayed them down with cow crap mm-hmm. as well. So uh, this this is a part of the World Economic Forum and what they're inflicting on these And it's countries. going on in the U.S. It, it, it is happening in the Big U.S. Time. Our Big farmers time. are under attack right now. And mm-hmm. not to mention the average age of farmers today uh, is in the late 50s. And so uh, a lot of these uh, farmers don't have children to mm-hmm. uh, inherit these places. So mm-hmm. they're going to be up for sale. The Chinese, the CCP is allowed to buy these lands, which is outrageous that's, that our federal government is talking. allowing this. Um, but they now own a huge what and Bill Gates owns a, Gates. a ton of farmland now. Because uh, they why? want us to eat bugs and like it and That's not right. own anything and That's be exactly happy right. about it. And this is truly what is going on. And I think when we've talked about this a couple of years ago, it may have sounded a little bit uh extreme, a little conspiracy theory. Hey, it's it's a reality, it's coming true. Yeah, now they're out in the open with it. Now, what does the government want above all else? It wants to control the food supply. Yeah. When you're hungry, North Korea, Yemi yes. Park, I quote her all the time because I saw I listened to her on a couple different episodes for several hours talking with passion and sincerity and uh, just complete knowledge about what North Korea was uh, and how she's seeing the movement happen right here in the United States. She's totally disgusted by it. But North Korea is about keeping everyone so hungry that they can't think about anything else. Yeah. I remember you telling me that. And mm-hmm. it's true. I mean, when, and, and, and here's the other thing, Barry, is that uh, I, I sent you an article yesterday, but it has to do with mind control and what uh, these governments are doing. Oh, let me see if I can pull that up real quick because it is uh it, it, it has to do with exactly what you're talking about, um, because, you know, when we're hungry, we're much it's a it's much easier to control us when we're, when we're hungry and so, divided. Um, yeah. Um, and divided. Exactly. So mm-hmm. this is uh, called the this is an article that came out. Um, let's see. Robert Malone, uh, the the doctor. Oh, wrote yeah. this, But it's uh, yeah, he it's spoke on, out about covid in the midst, in the high point of. COVID. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, and he was one of the developers of the M- mRNA. mRNA. And um, that is uh, here. Here's the article that I'm showing right here. So this is Robert Malone. And he's coming out with this article about cognitive warfare. And so cognitive warfare is a little bit different. Let's see if I can just continue reading this. Okay. A little bit different than what we've seen uh, um, with uh, mind control. It's the the five domains of warfare are land, sea, air, space, and cyberspace. Uh, But he starts to get into how NATO is starting to use uh, this thing called cognitive warfare, which includes a a cognitive attack that directly targets the minds of civilians. Okay, so they're going after non-combatants. This whole thing has to do with influencing your subconscious mind. Um, This is this is where 
um, your hypothalamus is. And mm. so uh, when you look at what does your hypothalamus uh, uh, actually control, it controls your basic functions in your in your body, but also it, it contains really your subconscious. Let's see. Um, unlike psychological operations, cognitive activities are not directed at our conscious mind, but at our subconscious mind, the main drivers of our behavior, emotions. This takes place through hyper-personalized targeting, integrating and exploiting neuroscience, biotechnology, information and cognitive techniques, or NBIC. Uh, mainly using social media and digital networks for neuroprofiling and, and targeting. Uh, several countries are developing NBIC capabilities and collecting data for use in targeting the cognitive uh, uh, dimension. And these activities are supported by aspects such as data mining, data analytics, and are further combined with artificial intelligence. And we talked about all of these things in our mm -hmm. episode. Although most of the cognitive attacks remain below the threshold of armed conflicts, the effects can be lethal and multi-domain, affecting all five uh, domains of warfare. It goes on to talk about how, how countries like China are collecting tons and tons of data on us. As you were talking earlier, you didn't even want to tell you what your birthday is because they can use that type mm -hmm. of data against you in cognitive warfare, which the targets are you and me. And uh, there's all kinds of technology that's being used to do this. But the bottom line is social media is the key driver on this so that we're impacted by this, but it's very hard to tell if we are. The conclusion is on this that it is possible to use the same type of technology that they're using against us to detect when they're actually using it against us so that we can be aware and 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 use it uh, and, and protect ourselves. But if you look here, uh, we talked about Obama earlier in April 2013, President Obama announced the launch of the White House initiative brain research through advancing innovation neurotechnologies. Its goal was to support innovation and would further our understanding of the brain. Uh, Russian commentators perceived it as a project to hack the human oh, yeah. brain, which oh, it yeah. absolutely is. This is a weapon uh, that we're developing, much like AI is a weapon, mm -hmm. much like quantum is a weapon that we're developing as well. Uh, but this is this is the new landscape that we're looking at right here. And when we think about cognitive warfare and how it was used during COVID, Think about what they were talking about in Davos this week, Barry. They're talking about disease X. They're saying that uh, it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. This is a pandemic. This is a exactly what happened with uh with covid they did the exact same thing with covid they planned it out well ahead of time they did war games on it here comes another one they're already coming out they don't care anymore what you think they are they're just going to talk about it plainly and in the open here comes disease x and they're saying it's 20 times more lethal how can a disease that doesn't exist yet be 20 times more lethal i mean look what's happening right here this is insane man it's mm. insane. I know we have some other things to talk about. And I got something I have to talk about. I, uh, okay, go. Uh, because I need to ask you some questions because I know you, you'll have the inside scoop. The Carrie Lake thing with Jeff yes. DeWitt and who crazy. resigned uh, as a result. I That blew my mind. Now, I have to say this just uh, came about like two days ago. Right. 
And it, when I first read about it, I thought it was like just happened that week or whatever. And uh, no, it was a, it was a year ago. It's March 23rd, 2023 on that one. And so that raises a big red flag for me. This is what um, I want to ask about. I what like Carrie Lake. I met uh-huh. Carrie Lake personally. And you know, when you meet somebody, you get a sense of them, especially mm-hmm. if you make physical contact with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I hugged her. I prayed over her, actually. I laid hands on her and I prayed for her. And we cried together, me, my wife, and Carrie Lake. It was an amazing time that we had. Um so I can't say that I know her, uh, but I but I I like what she stands for. I don't trust politicians though, and she's become a politician now. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. she did. There's nothing about her that I say I don't trust. But you're in politics now, so now you have to go under the lens of scrutiny. If you listen to the recording with uh, Jeff Dewitt, you would get a firsthand inside look at how politics works, as according yeah. to Jeff Dewitt. So let's give a, a, a brief thumbnail. So you Jeff DeWitt and, and Carrie Lake are having a conversation in her home. She's recording the conversation. Jeff DeWitt is telling her that there are powerful people back east that want her out of politics and that they are willing to put their money where their mouth is. And um, they, they want her out of politics for at least two years. Um, because she's considering running for Senate to replace Kirsten Cinema here in in Arizona, which would be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying he was saying that uh, they have uh, they were willing to they found a business that they were willing to put her on the payroll for the next couple of years where she really wouldn't have to do anything. And what was her price? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just say you mean to be bribed she says uh, well it's not really a bribe he's backtracking it was all uh, crystal clear right it was a bribe she she wanted to get a, they wanted her out of politics mm-hmm. uh he said they were powerful people from back east he wouldn't name any names but he did say that if anybody found out that they were having this conversation that he could be murdered mm-hmm. well this sounds a lot like cabal like people to me that are in the background and uh and now carrie lake uh, uh apparently had given this recording to uh, a reporter who then released it now that came out it was shocking a couple of days ago mm-hmm. uh and and then uh carrie lake is saying that this guy jeff dewitt should resign and Jeff DeWitt is saying that she said that she also has other recordings of them because apparently they'd gotten together several times and she, that if he didn't resign, that she would release, that that. She would release those correct, tapes. Correct. Exactly. But so then he resigned. Back, so that he must resigned be really bad. Like that and one wasn't bad. He didn't know what was on there. That's BS right there. He it knows must exactly. Be really bad. But let's think about something that Jeff DeWitt said is that. He said that it seemed like, you know, I didn't know I was being recorded, but if you listen to what Carrie Lake was saying, she knew she was being recorded and she plays up to that. Oh, she does. And she does. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want me to not even a billion dollars. I mean, nobody said a billion dollars. Yeah, this is about our country. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, the, the whole thing was a year ago. So so why did it take a year? If, if 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 our government is really that corrupt, which disgustingly it is, it is. I mean, we got to find that out. Yeah. Uh, but if it's really that corrupt, it, she's a very conscientious person, right? Shouldn't she have released that immediately? 
shouldn't well, I'd be see, these known are about questions. that immediately? And why is it in the election season that we find out about it instead of last year? Exactly. Why and why? Okay, the first basic question I have for you, you probably have the answer for it. Why last year at that time did they want her to not run for Senate so bad, that badly? Why? It's it's, it's the thing is that uh, or do they off, do this to every? This is a Republican talking to a Republican, by the way. Yeah. So what I, the I, hell, I man? I, well, here's here's what Dewitt was saying is that they felt like she was too much for the party, and that she would hurt the party. That was kind of his explanation. Now, here's what I, I got out of it okay. was that, um, you know, the Republican Party, in my mind, has been commandeered by globalists mm-hmm. and that I don't I'm 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 registered as a Republican. I'm ashamed of the Republicans, especially after I hear, heard this, the head mm. of the Republican Party here in Arizona saying this kind of stuff. Um, these people seem to be <clears throat> not really in it for the country they're in it for themselves they're in it they're on the take is really what they are and uh they see people like carrie lake that want to actually maintain the republic that we live in uh as a threat to their to their goals of uh really just taking care of themselves that's what i see and Mm. You know, uh, she has been very vocal, uh, especially with this whole thing, with the the thing that happened here in Maricopa County and how a lot of weird anomalies happened during the election. She's making a lot of noise about that, and they just want her to go away. And I, I look at it this way, that when I look at Democrats versus Republicans, I think that it's because as we as we take a look at this presidential race that's happening right now, I really believe it's the globalists versus the nationalists because when I'm we kind of thinking that too, we take a look at the Republican race between Nikki Haley and uh, Trump. We see that Nikki Haley has been backed uh, by people uh, like Deep state, man. like Reed Hoffman, who do, who is one of uh, her number one donors, who's also the number one Democrat do, uh, uh, donator who is also financing many of the indictments against Trump. Mm-hmm. And you've got a lot of that going on. Nikki Haley's on the board of, of Boeing. Boeing, and therefore she is part a of the military-industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so this, and, and we know that Vanguard, State Street, and, and, uh, and, and uh, the other one, uh, BlackRock, are all a part of that military-industrial complex. Mm-hmm. And NATO, every time they bring another country into NATO, get this, uh, that country has to switch over to the design specifications of NATO, meaning they've got to buy all new equipment and continue to buy that equipment from the oh, from those God. specs, which means Boeing, Lockheed Martin, Northrop, oh, Northrop Grumman. They're all getting a big payday, which means all their investors are getting big paydays. This is what's going on, man. The I mean, military industrial complex is now global. That's it is. That's what it is. Wild man, and it's run by the cabal. That's what's going on, man. And so uh, then, basically, we could take the Kerry Lake thing, boil it down to deep state versus an independent. That's that's exactly what's happened here, and that's so, kind of like Nikki Haley versus Trump. That that is exactly what's happened. Like the Republican Party has been commandeered, just like the Democrat mm-hmm. Party has been. They mm-hmm. their their strategy. 
they're all working in cahoots. Their strategy is is different to make it look like they're on opposite sides of the of mm. the their polar opposites. They're not. They're on the same team. Mm. They're all in it to destroy this country. And let's let's. I wanted to move on to Texas because I think it's important that we cover that. Uh, but I want to make sure that we tie off on this one. Did you have anything else? Uh, I, I do. Uh, I, I just want to really briefly mention that Jordan Peterson's following podcast, which was yesterday, was with his daughter, Michaela. She interviewed him about uh, the fact that the Board of Psychology, whatever you want to call it in Canada, is trying once again to take his uh, psych psychology license and uh you know he's world renowned and because he uh he put out some tweets they didn't like over a couple of years that uh, were anti-trans and things like that uh and so they want to force him to go into a re-education program holy cow which he will not uh graduate from until they until basically he says two plus two equals five so that he vowed to say i'm going to take this program i'm going to play ball with them and see where this leads but it's not going to end well for them i <laughs> love that I, I that love guy that too, is an inspiration to all of us and i would he jeopardized his he threw his whole career down the drain in 2016 to oppose c16 which is about a free speech amendment and uh and what happened it catapulted him into uh the into global spotlight yeah it, it became a good thing it's kind of it's very very akin merle it makes me often think about you and the stance that you took against the covid mandates and and how it changed your life and how hard that was and how much better you came out as a result right. of your bravery and sacrifice i thank you barry that Dude, is a, a huge totally. compliment it's the same it's the same i go thing. go back to that picture that i showed and uh, i never would have had that had that not happened there so you go. I, I came out yeah. <clears throat> i came out of that whole thing Smell way like stronger oh yeah. my god look at me i, I i'm a, i'm nearly 100 pounds lighter i'm in yeah. the, some of the best shape of my life got I out mean, of california uh yeah i i have a, a great quality of life now and uh and so you can't keep a good man down i guess there uh, you go and so i want people to be aware of what's going on there because uh the things that are going on in this world in canada is always to me just like california here in the united states and yeah. um and it's really going authoritarian. And it's like Newsom and Trudeau are like twins, yep. right? They They're are the same absolutely kind of like twins. And um, and by the way, in that uh, in that podcast with his daughter, they referenced about three times the probability of moving to Arizona because uh, of the freedom. Yeah, I mean, culture. it is. I found out that uh, here in Maricopa County, where I live, is the largest Republican county in the nation. Oh. Uh, I Wow. And isn't that interesting? Yeah. I, I had no idea. And so that's why this big war has happened here in Maricopa County. And that's why the Kerry Lake thing is so important. Mm. Um, this is a battleground state. And wow. there's a, a book called The Blueprint out there, which is the, the Democrat uh, strategy for turning red states blue and uh, they're doing it here and they're doing it in texas too i'm going to go to texas in a second here but first uh just referencing trudeau in canada mm. court finds trudeau overreached by using emergency law 
to end blockade. Mm -hmm. So that's a big deal in Canada right now is that the court system is saying Trudeau overreached when he used emergency, uh, um, uh, you know, his uh, his emergency status to mm -hmm. shut down those bank accounts of the truck drivers right. that you just referenced. So right. I love that that's happening. Of course, the deputy prime minister is saying that they're going to appeal that whole thing. But this is an assault on our rights, on mm -hmm. our on our basic human rights that are happening right now. And this is coming from all sides. We heard rhetoric like this at Davos with Yuval Harari talking about mm -hmm. how uh, that um, our human rights, much like God, is an illusion. It's just a myth. It sounds wow. good. We like to hear it. Oh my but just God. like the United States, you can't see the United States. And so it's not it's not actually a real thing. It's a myth. And so what he means when he wow. says you can't see, like when you look at the world, you don't see the United States, you see land. It's not the United States. Mm -hmm. So so his premise is that if you can't see it, it's not actually real. He says, if you cut open an animal, you're going to find the same parts inside of that animal that you find inside of a human being. So we shouldn't have any more rights than an animal has. Mm -hmm. And so you look what he's done. He's take he you how you have to remove God in order to remove human rights. And mm -hmm. once you remove God, you can remove human rights. And then as a government, you can completely control these people. Mm -hmm. Very interesting, that subject. The other subject that they were talking about was mis and disinformation and how out of control the world is with this mis and disinformation and somehow we've got to lock down that information so that mm. people will trust us again oh wow what that tells me oh. barry is that you and i are doing our job by getting yeah. the word out and they I, are afraid of that yes i was thinking the entire time you're talking about this thank god for the internet that's the only way that we have this information because that's, i mean none of this is on mainstream tv no, no, I, I, I agree. And I, I just want to end because I am running out of time, but I want to end by talking about Texas because yeah, I am very, very concerned that we are this is brewing, brewing into civil war status. It might have uh, to. It, it, it might have to. So let's let's just summarize here. So uh, we've had this uh, sieve like uh, entrance into the United States years. across our borders. Uh, Texas has been hit by this uh, very, very hard. Our whole country has changed as a result. We've let in enough people over the last three years to to uh, to actually rival the population of several states here in the country. That's how many people we've let in. Uh, the interesting thing is that many of the people that are coming over, most of the people that are coming over are men between the ages of 18 and 35 and uh many are saying in fact uh, an article came out today uh let me just pull this um i was looking at this this morning it's this very uh startling is that a group of intelligence people are saying that and have written a letter to congress saying that the problem is what we saw on October 7th in Israel has a high potential of happening here in the United States because you now have cells of, of military age men uh, distributed across the country that if activated could cause a real problem, an existential threat for the United States. So um, 
the, uh, the uh, Abbott, Governor Abbott, has taken it upon himself to send the National Guard down to protect an area in Eagle Pass, uh, which is where a lot of these migrants, I'm sorry, illegal aliens are coming across the border to reap havoc. And the um, the federal government didn't like that. The Biden administration didn't like that, took it to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court now is saying that the, the federal uh, government can come in and cut the razor wire that mm -hmm. Governor Abbott has put up to prevent these people from coming across. So uh, Governor Abbott has doubled down and said, no, I have a duty to protect this. I have a constitutional duty to protect this state. And I think it's interesting that he said he's got a constitutional duty. And he, he also said that the federal government has relinquished their responsibility and has endangered the state of Texas. And therefore, he is in the right. Well, I agree with him. I think everyone and, agrees with that. Well, let's take a look here because I think it's important. Where in the Constitution does it say that? Here's Article 4, Section 4, which says, and I think this is interesting, it, this is the Constitution. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature can't be convened against domestic violence. That's number one. Um, and then also article one, which is the, con this is the legislative article, uh, section 10 paragraph three says this, no state shall with the consent of Congress lay any duty or tonnage, keep troops or ships or of war in times of peace, enter any agreement or compact with another state or with a foreign power or engage in war unless actually invaded or mm -hmm. in such an imminent danger as will not admit of, of delay. Okay, that's ironclad, Barry. Yeah. Right? I agree. Dude, why are there not impeachment proceedings against Biden where every other day there were against Trump? Why? That is a great question because this has been an impeachable offense for the Easy. last three years. I mean, yeah. starting on day one, this yeah. was when he signed that executive order that that uh, 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 forbid the stay in, stay in Mexico thing that Trump put in place. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly it's just like gangs of people just flying through that whole thing. Mm -hmm. That should have been an impeachable offense. What the Again, with the Republican re Party, this is what I was saying earlier. The Republican Party has been corrupted. If you get people like Carrie Lake in the Senate, she's going to stop this kind of stuff from happening. She's going to expose it. That's what they're afraid of. Um, and and that's what's going on. They're in. There's no Democrats and Republicans anymore. There's just a bunch of swamp creatures yeah. that are running our country and taking advantage of us and stealing our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Yeah. These are our God. That's what we we went through the Declaration of Independence and we talked about God. And I remember that conversation a little uncomfortable, but the fact is, if you take God out of the equation. And that's why I was saying this is so important. If you take God out of that equation, our human rights go along with that. Our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. The 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 I can see that uh, are God given, not given to us by the government. That's exact. That is exactly right. And I see the government as a as a wolf, a ravaging wolf. That's mm. that's just like his mouth is watering. He wants to devour us because. It, and but the one thing that's standing in the way is this. 
And, we, and, and look at all the people that are going after that one thing. You got Yuval mm. Harari. You got the president. Look, if, if people are coming over and when they come across illegally, they're stealing our property as a citizen. Oh, yeah. um, that The pursuit of happiness is wrapped up in our property rights. That mm -hmm. That is a fact. It comes right out of the Virginia Constitution. That's where it comes. It's wrapped up around our property rights, not just real estate, but anything, our ownership rights. These people are coming in and stealing that from us. And when we're given free iPhones and free medical care and yeah. free room and board and free Coming food. Out of our pockets. I mean, yeah, we're paying for that. It also says in the constitution that we don't have, that it's illegal uh, for the government to place a standing army in our, in our residence. That's what King George was doing, but that's what they're doing right now. This looks like a standing army and we're paying for it and we're yeah. giving them residence. We're giving them quarter. Yeah. This is sick, man. It and uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I hope Governor Abbott does not back down, especially that we're in an election year because the optics of Joe Biden attacking a state mm -hmm. right before the election. I'm pretty sure the citizens here in this country are going to be for sovereignty instead of tyranny. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was a couple of years ago, Christy Nome, uh, North Carolina, North Dakota, I think maybe South, I think Dakota. It's South Dakota, South yeah. Dakota. She sent her army or whatever reserves or whatever out to texas to help them and that just makes me think lots man, of states are had, doing that i was gonna say if we had several states a lot of states actually backing that up that would start a, the movement in the right direction well here's here's the counter move barry because i think what you just said is um is is accurate but let me see if i can pull this up uh yeah um what White House considers taking over Texas National Guard. Oh, my God. As the battle between the federal government and Texas law enforcement continues in the Lone Star State, the White House has issued a new threat against Republican Governor Greg Abbott as he works to stop the illegal immigration invasion on the southern border with Mexico. For two years, through Operation Lone Star, Abbott has deployed the Texas National Guard to build barriers, including miles of fencing and razor wire to keep illegal immigrants out. The Biden administration took them to court, which led the Supreme Court ruling, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Governor Abbott is doubling down. Mm, White House uh, doesn't rule out federalizing the Texas National Guard. Many governors rallied to Governor Abbott's side to support him enforcing border policy. So mm -hmm. the White House is considering taking a very large step here. I just want you to remember something They're during the Trump the administration. That's exactly right. Now, think about this. During the Trump administration, we had our cities burning. Donald Trump refused to take that step because of states' rights. Mm. The state, the governor of the state, is the one that calls the National Guard. That's how it works. The state is responsible for that. And um, and 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 Trump would refuse to cross that line because there is a line between the federal, state, and local governments, according to the Tenth Amendment in the Constitution. And this man in our office right now is very willing to 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 break any constitutional rules mm -hmm. in order to get his way. And we've seen it since day he doesn't one. Know what he's doing. No, he's yeah. being he's being controlled. Right. But right. that that's uh, that's that. Oh, let me just throw in this. As we take a look at this takeover of our American government, Peter Navarro, who was 
nowhere to be found on January 6th in Washington, D.C. He's one of President Trump's major advisors, was sentenced to four months in prison for de defying January a January 6th subpoena. So he didn't go. They subpoenaed him. He didn't go. He was saying, I wasn't even there. I know what this is. You're trying to railroad me into this. This is a sham. This is a kangaroo court. Well, uh, I mean, Hunter Biden just did it. Nothing happened to him. Uh, but uh, but the, uh, oh, uh, what uh, Obama's uh, former attorney general, Eric Holder, did it. Uh, he Nothing happened to him either. But Navarro's going to prison for four years. Um, uh, wow. Bannon is, it, it, uh, is supposed to go to prison for four years as well. Uh, wow, these people the, and look at what's happening. I mean, look at what's happening with President Trump. In uh, this whole new thing that's come out with uh, Fannie Willis, where she is the, the DA down in Georgia and uh, prosecuting Trump and company for racketeering, which is weird. I've never heard of a politician, uh, a president being charged for racketeering. But uh, it turns out now that the prosecutor that she hired, who got $650,000 for taking the case, she's sleeping with that guy. And they've gone on vacation where he's paying. So she hires him, gets him a boatload of money. They're now going on vacation, spending that money together. And he's married to somebody else. Wow. Um, this is just a... It's a shit show, man. I mean, come on. It's a, it I don't. I don't normally swear on the air, but there's no other words there's to no describe other way to what's say happening right here. No, there's no other way to say that. I hate to end on a on a bad note like I know that. that was a bad note but the fact is is that I still believe there's hope Barry the fact is is that because of these very bold moves that are being made left and right people are waking up to this and they're it understanding that they're yeah they're understanding that this isn't America anymore we, we right. we've, we've had our country taken away from us and the fact is is that we can take this back it's going to yeah. take work like the guy from Argentina said but we can take this back but it's going to be mm -hmm. us as citizens locking arms together finding what we have in common and by the way, I just had a, a, a conversation with somebody recently where we found ourselves on the opposite side of the political spectrum. But I said, I think we can find some common ground. I I think you and I both would like to walk out of our houses in the morning without being shot at. Right. Yes. Yeah, yes. We don't want to sure. be killed. OK, well, then that's what we have in common. Mm -hmm. And we can take that right to the bank, because when we take a look at the immigration problem and the supply chain problems and the. Uh, and, and the problems where we're spending all our military industrial complex and all these things all work together to to add up to our our, our personal safety. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that we all want is personal safety. And that's Agreed. what's being compromised. Yeah, and we absolutely. Can, we can get this. This is I, I say we're going to win this back that I'm just saying it because I, I, I feel it. I believe it. And I know it, but I think it might have to get worse before it gets better. But Agreed. I think we're on the edge of that. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah, we got a whole nother year of it getting worse. So, yeah, let's see well, it goes. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> we'll go it's with exciting. that. <laughs> All right. So All right, I, I just want to say to end on a positive note tomorrow at uh, about 28 hours from now, I'm going to have be having the best dinner in the most beautiful location in Cleveland. In my opinion, I love that. I am so excited. I can't stop. Well, I hope you that. have you and Lisa have a great time. I'm, cool. I'm happy that you guys get to do that. And I yeah. hope you have yourselves a, a, a fantastic weekend as well. Thank you. You as well, buddy. Oh, uh, tell the folks 
where the, the where you can find us yes. and all that kind of stuff. Over 50 startingover.com. Sign up for the email list there. You get all of this dropped in your email box. As it happens, if you go to YouTube, look us up at over 50 starting over and subscribe. Please share. Uh, most importantly, I think, is go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our podcast, Over 50 Starting Over. Please give us a five-star review so we can hit more people. And give comments like Mo did. We love yeah, that. We'll even we we'll even read it on the air. We love yeah. it. Yeah, uh, really appreciate Barry, that. I meant to tell you, I love the beard, man. You look cool. <laughs> I look old. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I think you, you. Look, you look badass, man. Look at you, man. You're like Clint Eastwood over there. Uh, Clint Eastwood. Okay, yeah. I'll go with yeah. that. Do that. Perfect way to end. All right, yep. bud. Have All a right. Thank you, man. It was a really good podcast. You really got yeah, fire. I think so, too. Love you, man. All right, love you, too, buddy. Bye.